five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello, space enthusiasts. Welcome to another episode of the Space Business Podcast, where we investigate all the exciting ways in which people participate in the new space economy by conversations with entrepreneurs, executives, investors, and other members of the space family. My name is Raphael Rodkin, and I'm an investor in and advisor to space companies. Just as a reminder, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing should be taken as investment advice. This podcast is sponsored by Nanoavionics, a satellite bus manufacturer and mission integrator. Their satellite technologies enable many space companies worldwide to offer services that improve life here on Earth, such as providing global connectivity, conducting Earth observation for various purposes, or contributing to scientific discoveries. Check them out and also check out my episode with their CEO and co-founder. Sadly, I am not a rocket scientist, but I'm an alumnus of the International Space University, or ISU, which is also our partner in this podcast. ISU offers a number of educational programs about space worldwide, ranging from executive courses lasting a few days all the way to a one-year master's. Check them out at isunet.edu. Hey, space enthusiasts. It's December 31st, 2020, and I'm recording from beautiful Rio de Janeiro. Maybe a little bit more about that later on. Welcome to a special episode of the Space Business Podcast, the 2021 preview episode. I want to take 20 minutes or so to tell you about exciting things that may or may not happen in space in 2021. The alternative would have been to give you a review of 2020, but honestly, I think many of us are happy that year is over. Even though it was not a bad year for the space industry, I mean, just look at the last few weeks with events like SpaceX's Starship doing its high-altitude test flight, small launcher Astra's rocket reaching space and almost reaching orbit, and so on. There are a few retrospectives out there, and you can read them and remember those 2020 events. I want to focus on the future, the near-term future, 2021. So let's jump right in. Honestly, in no particular order. As a caveat, we cannot cover everything here. There's just too much going on in space at this point, and that's, of course, a good thing. For example, a lot of things I talk about happen in the US and in Europe, and let's be clear, there are exciting things happening in other places too, like China, India, Russia, and further places, end of caveat. So I just mentioned Astra's first successful flight to space, so we might as well stay with launchers or colloquially rocket companies. Well, Astra will obviously try again soon, I expect, as they will want to reach orbit on the next attempt. There are also a couple of other small launch companies that at some point were trying to get to orbit during 2020 still, but it did not quite make it yet. So first up, we have Virgin Orbit, in case you don't remember them, they air launch a small rocket by dropping it from a specially modified Boeing 747. They actually did accomplish that feat in May 2020. The rocket was dropped, the engine ignited, and they had to abort a few seconds later due to an anomaly. Virgin Orbit wanted to originally try again late December 2020, but the team had some COVID issues forcing them to slow down work, and they're now talking about trying in January 2021. So the year might be off to an exciting start on that front. Firefly another American launch company. They also wanted to launch their Alpha rocket for the first time in 2020. Now, I believe the Alpha is already at the Vandenberg Air Force Base. Is that actually the Space Force Base now? I must have been, I don't know. Anyway, we should see a launch attempt from there soon with the Alpha rocket. 
Okay, so Virgin Orbit and Firefly, they were trying for 2020, slipped into 2021. We hope it's going to happen in 2021. There are at least a couple of other companies worth noting that always said that their first try would happen during 2021. So one of them is Relativity Space, very well known. Remember them? They recently announced one of the biggest fundraising rounds in 2020. I think it may have actually been the, the biggest fundraising route outside of SpaceX fundraising rounds, $500 million. They're also very well known for extensively using additive manufacturing, or what we call 3D printing, more colloquially, in producing their rockets. So their rocket, which is called Terran-1, is slated to fly in late 2021. Let's talk about a non-American launch company for a change, Germany's ESA Aerospace. Some people pronounce it ESA Aerospace. Um, it's actually ESA, I can tell you, being German. They also recently announced a significant fundraising round, certainly significant size for Europe, 75 million euros, so that's over $90 million. And they also want to fly their rocket, which is called Spectrum, in late 2021. It's another small rocket, about one ton payload. So those are a bunch of small launches that may all have maiden flights in 2021. Speaking of small launches, let's also keep an eye on Rocket Lab. As you know, they routinely and successfully fly their Electron rocket to space already. But in 2021, they may start routinely recovering and reusing the first stages, becoming, I think, only the second private company besides SpaceX to do so. So that would be exciting. And then besides small launches, there are heavier rockets too. Of course, there is, for example, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin's New Glenn rocket, which I think officially is still targeting 2021 for a first flight, so this will be exciting to watch. But we cannot really talk about launch in 2021 and not discuss the elephant in the room. Elephant, I think, is really the appropriate metaphor here in terms of size. I'm talking about, of course, the SpaceX Starship. As we already mentioned, the SN8 prototype of Starship did have a successful high-altitude test flight a few weeks ago. By the way, yes, it crashed and exploded when landing. But that is virtually irrelevant, I think. Starship nailed a really difficult part of that flight, which was the non-propulsive atmospheric glide, or what we call the belly flop. SpaceX does not really have to prove to anyone anymore, I think, that they know a thing or two about propulsive landings. And my guess is they will nail the landing within the next couple of tries. So these Starship test flights, they will surely continue to provide us with excitement throughout 2021, hopefully including the first test flight of the really big first stage, which is called Super Heavy. And of course, what we want to see is a successful orbital flight of Starship. You probably already know by now, but you can watch live streams of these SpaceX and Starship test flights and pretty much anything else that's going on at the SpaceX Boca Chica Texas site on YouTube channels, for example, Everyday Astronaut or Boca Chica Girl Gal, and some others. Should we stay with SpaceX? Let's do that, because there's obviously a lot going on with that company. We will certainly continue to see many launches of SpaceX's workhorse rocket, the Falcon 9. And by the way, we may actually see two or three launches of the Falcon Heavy version as well in 2021. There will be both crewed and uncrewed launches. Crewed launches to the ISS, they should resume in spring and then they should become much more routine. The majority of launches, of course, will however be uncrewed launches and most of them carrying satellites, and those may be SpaceX's own Starlink satellites, and more about that in a minute, as well, of course, as third-party customer satellites. There's some people who maintain launch manifests of predicted SpaceX launches. Some of them have as many as 30 SpaceX launches for 2021 already on the docket, so it's quite a bit of activity. I should open a quick bracket here, since we are talking about crewed launches by SpaceX to the ISS. There's, of course, another private company with the same ambitions to take astronauts to the ISS, and that is, of course, Boeing with its Starliner capsule. If you remember, their uncrewed test flight did not go off 100% perfectly. 
there were some software glitches. It now looks as they may try again in spring 2021. So good luck to them and close bracket on the Starliner. Okay, I already mentioned Starlink, which is SpaceX's satellite internet constellation. They have about 900 satellites in orbit already, and they've started beta testing of their satellite communication service. And for Starlink 2021, we'll bring more satellites and more beta test customers. I'm personally dying to try it out myself. While we're talking about Starlink, let's talk just for a minute about satellite communications in general. Starlink, as you may know, is not the only ambitious satellite communications constellation project. Amazon has its own version with Project Kuiper, another constellation that's targeting over 3,000 satellites ultimately. They just revealed details about their consumer terminal a couple of weeks ago in 2020. And I'm sure there's going to be more news flow coming out of Project Kuiper during 2021. A different type of satellite communications business model are constellations that want to help with the so-called Internet of Things, or IoT. Some of these companies raised a lot of money during 2020. For example, right at the start of 2020, a French company called Kines raised 100 million euros for their IoT constellation. And I'm sure during 2021, we will have some news flow out of these IoT companies they may simply be launches of satellites or contract wins, or maybe even starting the beta tests of the service or further financing rounds as these things are expensive. Okay, let's talk about another subsector of space that I'm really excited about for 2021, space tourism. And we start here talking about Virgin Galactic. Remember Virgin Galactic, they conduct suborbital flights where a rocket powered vehicle, it's called Spaceship Two, is dropped from a custom-designed aircraft. The rocket-powered vehicle then flies to about 80 kilometers altitude. Yes, that is technically below the Cameron line, where tourists will feel weightless for about five minutes or so, and then it comes back and it lands like a plane. Now, so Virgin Galactic wanted to have a powered test flight a few weeks ago, but they had to abort it right after they dropped the rocket. I'm sure they will try again soon in 2021. After all, they have also about 600, well, at this point in time, over 600 customers who already paid for the tickets and their they're waiting to fly to space and they paid $250,000 or more for their tickets. Blue Origin, again, that's Jeff Bezos' space company. They also want to fly tourists suborbitally. By the way, I keep on saying tourists here, and I know some people who actually have these ambitions to fly to space don't like it, and they prefer to be called private space explorers. But just when I say tourists, I, I mean the other end and vice versa. So whichever expression you prefer. So anyway, Blue Origin also wants to fly tourists or private space explorers suborbitally, and that would happen on their rocket vehicle and attached capsule, which is called New Shepard. Now, that configuration of the vehicle has been tested many times already. And fingers crossed, we will start seeing the first crew test flights during 2021. Now, more generally speaking about uh, space tourism, although it's technically not, not space, there's a company that my investment firm, E2MC Ventures, invested in recently. It's called the Space Perspective. And they want to take people up to about 30 kilometers, about 100,000 feet altitude, in a really comfortable big capsule that's attached to a giant stratospheric balloon. There's no weightlessness there, but you get the full view of black space and the round earth, the thin blue at atmosphere, which is why the company is called the Space Perspective. But if all goes well, they may have uncrewed test flights starting as early as 2021. If you want to know more about Space Perspective, by the way, and that experience, listen to the podcast episode with the company's co-founders, Jane Pointer and Taper McCallum which is about a couple of months ago. So those balloons will be the most accessible, financially speaking, version of some type of space tourism. The, the rumored not confirmed price is maybe around $125,000 per flight. The suborbital flights on Virgin Galactic, uh, we're talking about, they were previously sold at $250,000, and it's a reasonable assumption that future sales, and also sales by Blue Origin with their competing product, they will probably be priced similar 
maybe maybe even slightly more. Now there is the other product, which is sort of the king of space tourism products, which are of course orbital flights. You have to save up quite a bit more money for those. The current price tag for a flight on the SpaceX Crew Dragon to the ISS, staying there for a while and coming back on the Crew Dragon is $55 million as offered by Axiom Space. Nonetheless, the first such flight is scheduled to happen in late 2021 with three paying customers who already booked the flight. And as you probably know by now, one of those flights will take Tom Cruise and is directed to the ISS to shoot parts of a new movie. Now, you may or may not be a Tom Cruise fan, but that event, I think, will be very significant. I often talk about space being still limited to the same thousand or two thousand or so people that you keep on meeting at all of the big space conferences. And I love all of those people, but they are always the same people. And I always keep saying how I personally would like to bring many more people to space and getting excited about the space sector. Now, a Hollywood A-lister like Cruise going to space and this undoubtedly being streamed, published uh, everywhere on social media, I think that might go a long way to draw towards drawing more people towards the space sector. All right, we got Tom Cruise out of the way, so let's get back to a couple of serious topics. Finance. Yes, as you may remember, my background is actually in finance. Before I was doing space, I, I was in the financial markets. I'm arguably still in financial markets. So money continues to pour into the space sector. And that's not only public money. That continues as well via grants by organizations like NASA, the DOD, ESA, and so forth but importantly, also private money. The final tally for 2020 is technically still out, although, of course, today being the 31st of December, we kind of know, but we probably will come in around $5.5 billion of private financing for space companies in 2020. That is not bad. It's only slightly less than in 2019, and that's despite COVID. Now, the vast majority of that private money is coming from vehicles like venture funds, other financial institutions, strategic investors, or wealthy angel investors. And that money mostly goes into space startups, which are almost always private, unlisted companies. Now, what does that mean? Why am I talking about this? This has historically meant that it was very hard, if not impossible, for retail mom and pop investors to invest in space, even though there are probably many of those retail investors who find space very exciting, thinks it's a very interesting sector to invest in and would like to invest in it. Now, I should and I probably will do an entire episode, maybe several episodes on investing in space, but suffice to say that until recently, your only options to invest in space stocks were mostly even large aerospace companies such as Lockheed, who may have a few percent of their revenue from space, the rest is mostly defense, or some rather small and less liquid satellite companies, for example, um, who comes to mind, Gomspace in Sweden, but I think it's about a $100 million market cap, so that's very small and relatively illiquid. That all changed at the end of 2019, when Virgin Galactic listed on the stock exchange by merging with a so-called SPAC, SPAC, S-P-A-C, that was already listed. SPAC is an acronym, it means Special Purpose Acquisition Company, and they're basically shell companies full of cash that promised to investors that they would find some interesting other company to invest in. And this is what happened with Virgin Galactic and the SPAC company called Social Capital at the end of 2019. Now, the significance of the year 2021 is that there are already two announced further SPAC deals, and I'm guessing there will be more at least announced in 2021, if not executed. One of those deals already announced would take Momentus public. Momentus is a provider of in-space transportation solutions, so-called space tux, although their ambitions go well beyond space tux. But that's also, I think, a good topic for another episode, and hopefully I can have Momentus as CEO and founder on one of the future episodes. The other deal already announced, SPAC deal, 
involves a company called AST and Science, and they intend to launch satellites that can directly connect to your mobile phone on Earth, so without having to use a special satellite communications terminal. Both of those deals are well in excess of a billion dollars. So by the end of 2021, we could have several publicly listed pure play space companies of a decent size, of decent liquidity. That is a step change. Retail investors will start paying attention, but also Wall Street, by that I mean investment banks, they're starting, they're going to start paying attention because they will suddenly realize there are fees to be made in the space sector. And of course, institutional investors, the other part of Wall Street, the so-called buy side, they will also start paying increasing attention. Now, of course, the typical private financing I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, that's not SPACs. It's basically those venture financings, and those will continue in 2021. There's not a lot of capital slushing around the global financial system thanks to all of the stimuli around the world because of COVID that were executed in, in 2020. And some of that money will end up or will hopefully end up in space, which is good. That money will go into companies ranging from seed stage startups all the way to SpaceX, who I'm sure will do further rounds in 2021. One such SpaceX round was already rumored to take place in January at a $92 billion valuation. That would be double the last valuation from the August 2020 fundraising round, by the way. But Elon may have denied this. His tweet wasn't 100% clear about it. Another trend that I expect to continue in space finance is mergers and acquisitions. There are now at least a couple of what I would call space holding companies that snap up smaller space companies to build a bigger one. Redwire and Voyager are their names. I expect both of them to continue to make acquisitions during 2021. And one or both of them may eventually try to list, that is, do an IPO, and maybe even in 2021. Who knows? That will obviously also depend on market conditions. But if that does happen, then we would have even more publicly listed pure play space companies, confirming the trend I was just talking about. Let's finish up by moving from the cold, hard cash of finance to the noble quest of knowledge, science. 2021 will be exciting for the scientific exploration of space, too. Several mass probes were launched during 2020, if you remember, and they will all arrive at the Red Planet in 2021. For example, NASA's Perseverance rover should land on the 18th of February 2021. China's Tianwen, that's also a rover, they will try to land in, in April. They will stay in orbit a little bit longer. The UAE had sent a probe as well called HOPE. It won't land, but it should also arrive in around February 2021. Then there's the James Webb Space Telescope or the replacement of Hubble, so to say. It's quite delayed already, so you never know, but it may or may not finally launch in late 2021. Activity on the moon and the moon's surface is expected to pick up if all goes well. And by that I mean actually commercial activity. There are at least a couple of private companies that may try to land uncrewed landers on the moon in 2021. Astrobotic and intuitive machines, both from the US. We cannot talk about the moon and not talk about NASA's Artemis program. In theory, 2021 was supposed to see the first uncrewed Artemis mission, and hence also the first flight of the Gargantuan SLS, that's an acronym meaning Space Launch System, rocket. Testing is still going on right now, and we shall see whether a launch will happen in 2021 or not. Fingers crossed for NASA. There are a lot of other exciting science missions to be launched or continuing during 2021, but we cannot possibly mention all of them here. I'll, I'll try to mention a couple ones anyway. So check out NASA's Lucy mission. They will go to something called the Trojan Asteroids or a really exciting NASA's DART, D-A-R-T mission. That's an asteroid redirect mission. And, and yes, that means exactly what the name says. I'd also say, let's not forget about Venus. If you remember one of the more exciting space events, space science events, certainly, in 2020 was the detection of phosphine in the atmosphere of Venus. Phosphine is a potential, not a certain biomarker that may indicate the presence of life 
and I hope that we will follow up on this during 2021. If you do find confirming evidence of organic life in the Venus atmosphere via data picked up, for example, by one of the spacecraft which are scheduled to fly by, that would certainly qualify as one of the most significant space events in 2021, I think. I was not sure whether and where to put it, but I also wanted to mention at least one other potential significant event from China. They seem to intend to launch the core module of their new space station called Tianhei, and I probably butchered that pronunciation in the first half of 2021. So there you have it. If you want to be an optimist, we may sit here at the same time, the same day next year, December 31st, 2021, and a lot of things may have happened. Several private rocket companies may have reached orbit SpaceX's Starship may have reached orbit. Perseverance rover may be roaming, hopefully will be roaming around Mars. And don't forget, it's actually carrying a drone as well called, called Ingenuity. Tom Cruise may have been on the ISS and, and so on. Just a word of caution, though, a lot of things were also meant to happen in 2020 and did not. And 2020, of course, wasn't a normal year, but irrespective of years, space, as they say, is hard. What I can also tell you closer to home are the following things. My company, E2MC Ventures, we will continue to invest in seed stage space companies. So get in touch if you're a space founder with a compelling business and a financing need. The Space Business Podcast will continue, perhaps even at a higher cadence than the current one of an episode about every two weeks. If you think you'd make for an interesting guest or you want to suggest a guest, please get in touch. I will continue my space outreach and education efforts as we still need to get the word about space out to many more people. So you'll continue to see me regularly as a panelist or speaker or moderator at space and other events. I just hope that in 2021, we can actually increasingly meet safely in person again. Speaking of education, if learning more about space and specifically space business is one of your 2021 New Year's resolutions, check out my online course, Space Entrepreneurship 101, which is available on udemy.com. I'll take you through most of the important space business segments over three hours or 27 lectures, and you even get a small certificate at the end. In the same vein, if you happen to speak German, you may enjoy the introductory book on space business that I just released at the end of 2020. It's called Hochinaus, and it's unfortunately only available in German for now, but 2021 may see the first translation into another language. That's it for the 2021 preview. As I mentioned at the beginning, I'll be working from Rio for the first part of January. There may be space-related things to report from Brazil, too. Watch this space, pun intended. All the best for 2021. Stay healthy and keep watching the skies. Well, that's it for another nominal episode of the Space Business Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Also consider supporting us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. If the podcast got you interested in learning more about the business opportunities in the space economy, check out my new online course on space entrepreneurship on udemy.com. The link is in the episode description. Lastly, if you have any feedback, including ideas for guests, and that may include yourself if you have an exciting space story to tell, or interested in being a sponsor, drop us an email at spacebusinesspodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing you for the next episode.